are back for another Supergirl Super Tuesday, actually recording on a Tuesday. I am Shanna. I am here with the doctor, and we are going to discuss the latest episode, Reality Bites. Um, (laughs) What did you think of this episode? This was a heavy one, um, messaging. It wasn't so messengy, though, that it was like, oh, my God, it's too much. It was just heavy. Yeah, I I felt the same and kind of in the vein of the stuff that we were talking about last week, um, at least with the technology stuff, there's still a lot coming up every week around this. You know, what does Obsidian serve the purpose that it's supposed to? Um, you know, who's controlling it? Who's behind it? How are people using it? Um, is it good or is it bad? Um, so I really like that stuff. Obviously the stuff with Nia around the trans community was very pointed and probably the most blatant, like address of a specific community and a real life community mm-hmm. that the show has ever done before. Yeah. So I really appreciated that. Cause you know, like we've done the alien storyline, which was obviously a parallel to immigration and uh, xenophobia. And we like, they've mentioned race a bit with Jimmy and with John, but not in an overt way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is the first time they were just like, nope, the trans community, and this is something different, and this is something specific, and we're talking about this. <laughs> so. I appreciated that. So we have two parallel storylines going on. uh, What's happening at Obsidian with the continued launch of their new technology, um, which coincides with what's going on with Alex, who is still trying to control her new weapon and figure out how it works. And then Nia, her roommate, is attacked by... um, a man who lured her on a like a Tinder esque uh, site specifically to attack her because she wrote in her profile that she's friends with Dreamer, and yeah. he wants to tell Dreamer to stop being a superhero because by being trans she's misrepresenting what a superhero is. And of course, it was a white guy. <sighs> So what was funny to me at first was um, when she showed the picture of the guy who was she thought she was going to meet, Nia's roommate, and um, and it was like this black guy. And she's like, yeah, my boyfriend, Angus. And I was like, Angus, I'm already suspicious. <laughs> right. <laughs> black man named Angus. Yeah, I was like, that's a very specific story. (laughs) Can you give us a little bit more background on Black Angus? Because you know they call him Black Angus. (laughs) I'm sorry, but my girl, the way she talked, I feel like she didn't grow up like in the suburbs. So, baby. No, not at all. Baby. Baby. I do think, because like all of it, after the attack and, and everything, all of it kind of boils over with Nia at the end where she's just like, you know, like, I'm going through all this stuff and, like, the the one person who, like, believed in me and saw me and loved me for who I am. So I got why her roommate kind of fell for it because you're like, oh, yeah. this is a woman who 
is desperate for someone to see her and love her and, and know who she is and still love her anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. And this guy was saying all of the things because his whole purpose was to lure her out. Um, So he was saying all of the right things. And, you know, as someone who has used a dating app a time or two, uh, people are not always honest on those things. Um, But when it's like this, where it's like, purposefully dishonest purposefully trying to malicious yeah malicious yeah that it was rough it was really rough also (laughs) i have this random note um the guy do you you've seen imitation of life right the movie the original the 57 or the 33 uh the 57 yeah, I, I own both of them, actually. <laughs> I think I own both of them, too. Like, it was one of my favorite movies. It was a double disc. So <laughs> the both movies are on the same disc on flip sides. Yeah. Um, and the guy, for some reason, especially, I think it's also because the scene takes place in the alley. Did mm-hmm. he not remind you of Sarah Jane's boyfriend? <laughs> oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely did. So for those of you who may never have seen this movie, um, Imitation of Life, 1957, it's this movie about this uh, black maid who lives in the house of this white woman. And she has a daughter, Sarah Jane, who can pass. She looks white. And so there's this scene about three quarters of the way through the movie where unbeknownst to her mother, Sarah Jane has been telling this white boy that she's white and they're dating and she's all like, I have a boyfriend and nobody knows and it's a secret and, you know, we're going to run away and get married and he's going to, you know, take care of me and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and he, she's convinced that this is going to happen because he thinks she's white. And so there's the scene where she goes to meet him and it's in an alleyway and she doesn't know that he knows that she's not white. And he beats her in the alleyway for lying to him. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. There was something about this dude's jaw and the way his hair was slicked back. I was having severe flashbacks to imitation of life throughout <laughs> that whole scene. <laughs> I was like, this is so wrong and so weird. Um, yeah, and the way they did, like, the shadows of, like... <laughs> Because they didn't really show, thank God, they didn't really show, like, the beating. Um, they showed, yeah, they just showed the aftermath. Yeah, but it was something about the shadows and the dude's profile and everything. And I was like, I swear to God, if I find out that this man is related <laughs> to the original actor from that movie, I would not His be grandson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, Nia, obviously, is... What's I mean, what's ironic about it is that her roommate was all like, I'm friends with Dreamer, like lying. She's like, well, one time Dreamer, Dreamer waved at me when I saw him on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, but ironically, she a- is actually a close friend of Dreamer. Um, and so it kind of rocks Nia. And she's like, I'm, I'm the only one who cares. But she's like, the cops don't care about my community. I'm the only one who can protect us. Um, yeah. And we I, all we got. I like also how they threw in the like the kind of reality of what it's like for when a trans woman, especially a trans woman of color, 
is attacked or killed or hurt. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, there's this many trans women who have died, who have been attacked. There's this many who we don't even know because they're often misgendered when they're found or when their cases are investigated. Um, so, you know, they, I will, Supergirl is good. They're really good at giving us like, and here's the situation. Here's the reality. Um, <laughs> I also love that Nia, Nia basically told Kara, she's like, this is not going to get solved with some of your power of low speeches. <laughs> like, we're just not doing that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it does. Because <laughs> that's Kara's superpower. Her power of love speeches. They always work, no matter what the situation, how dire it is. Because um, she, Nia finally finds the guy. She lures him out with a fake profile. Um, and she's about to kill him when Kara finds her and convinces her not to. So... <sighs> And then there's the big scene where Nia breaks down and, you know, you find out that she's not just upset about what happened to her roommate, but it's bringing up all this stuff about, because right before her roommate got attacked, she had a vision, but she wasn't able to interpret it. Mm. And that's exactly what happened right before her mother died. Um, And, you know... Brainy breaking up with her because she still doesn't understand why Brainy broke up with her. Um, you know, it's got to touch on her insecurity about can she be loved for who she is. Mm-hmm. And I think she knows deep. I think consciously she knows that whatever is going on with him had nothing to do with her being a transgender woman. But psychologically and subconsciously, it's sitting there in the back of her mind. Like, I wasn't woman enough. Yeah. But also because, remember, when the whole thing happened with her mother, Mm -hmm. the big deal when that happened was that her sister questioned her womanhood. Yeah. Oh, that was so gross. But, yeah, yeah, I remember that, too. So, like, at the time where she was, like, getting these powers... And not understanding what was going on and how to how to work with them and how to deal with them, her sister questioned why she should even have those powers if mm-hmm. she wasn't a woman. So I think like it really did kind of all of that stuff is tied up together. Mm-hmm. Like her womanhood, brainy, her powers, like all of that stuff happened all at the same time. And mm-hmm. it's really sad, too, when you think about what she's been going through in terms of she's actually, her power has been growing. And she's Shit, been- hasn't it? Woo! <laughs> like, in, in, in the opening scene, like, she has that great moment where she stops the bad guy and Carl's like, you know, like, I got this. Like, you got this. You're great. Like, you're doing amazing. You don't even need me here. So, mm-hmm. you know, she's just, she goes from this extreme high to this attack. A very, a very <laughs> devastating low, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like directed at her, directed specifically at her, whether or not she should be representing what she's representing. Um, yeah. It, you know, I have to give the show credit because there's layers to it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it was so well acted. It wasn't overdone. It wasn't trite. 
care, didn't white woman it up the way we would have seen in season two or even season three. She was like, I know you're hurting. I can't imagine what this must feel like, but I got you. Like, I'm like, Oh Gross. my god. <laughs> we like I want to actually give Kara so much credit <laughs> because cuz like woo have you come away as an ally. She didn't try and talk over Nia. She even like put it out there like like halfway through the like at the beginning of the episode she's like I hear you, I see you, I want to help you through this blah blah blah. And then after like doing some more research, she was like, "You know what?" I already felt for you and was already trying to support you, but I now even truly understand that I had no idea of the scope of how bad this was. And all I can do is like support you. <laughs> like, let me know. And I was like, wow. Cause old Kara would have been like, I know what it's like <laughs> to go through this. I know. And let me tell you, Nia, <laughs> like, Ooh, she's come away. <laughs> so, you know, shout out to her. Um, so then on the other side of things, um, and I just, I do want to, even though Brainy is continuing to work with Flex, in the background, the whole time he's supporting Nia, which I really appreciate it. Oh my God. I almost cried. <laughs> I almost cried. I was like, he's, her. Why would y'all be together? I don't understand. He was being so faux hard too about it. He was all like, like if you don't do it, I will. We yeah. care. He's all like, you need my help. Super all blah blah blah. All this like in front of their face, but then like to the guy, he's like, so I got all the information on these. You'll find more. <laughs> like here's all the information on the Hayes group. Everything you need to arrest them. Here's a uh, future attacks that they plan. Like. <laughs> I was like, okay, Brainy. Here's the cold cases you can close. Exactly. Ones y'all really didn't do a damn thing about. I know. <laughs> no I'm kidding. Look, he said we getting all of them. <laughs> Shut this shit down. The the, the that meme we got them. <laughs> like everybody. <laughs> that was Brainy. So, you know, now if he can just get it together and have a conversation about what's going down. Let her help you. That's not going to happen to like the second to last episode of the season. Or will it be too late? Oh, it is always going to be too late. (laughs) Until Karis that does her power of love speech. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, So... The second half of the story is what's going down at Obsidian. Basically, so the thing that made me laugh about this was when Kelly was, like, genuinely surprised that people (laughs) would, like, use the tech to be having affairs and (laughs) in the virtual world. And, like... First thing people do with VR. Come on. I was like, she was like, Andrea never intended for the the technology to be used like this. Did she? Did she not? Did nobody think people would be having sex in the virtual reality world? And that's that's the first thing that was the first thing on everybody's mind. Like, ooh, I can cheat without the STDs or the responsibilities of the babies. Let's go. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm like, we all know if 
if it exists, then porn of it exists. Like we, that is the Hello. rule of the internet number one. I don't know why you thought if your tech exists, it would be the one pornless la- landscape <laughs> on all of the internet. Like what the hell? She was delusional. I was like, oh, Kelly, 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 Kelly. <laughs> Four feet, summer child. Yeah. I'm like, James did not teach you like this. <laughs> James did not raise you like this way, ma'am. Um, better. <laughs> so they get roped in. Uh, Alex and John get roped into this because the gentleman who owns the bar, the alien bar that they go to, his brother is in this virtual world and he doesn't know where he, his body is in the real world. He just knows that he's missing and he's gone to this virtual Vegas um, and this place there called the Escape Palace. Um, also, this gentleman is played by Corbin Blue from High School Musical. So We're all in this together. Oh, sorry. Except it wasn't really because his friends like left him almost immediately. But I'm, I'm like, you can't see me right now, but I'm doing the we're all in this together dance. Um, <clears throat> um, also, I've been watching High School Musical, the musical, the series on Disney Plus. It's great. Everyone should watch it. Anyway. Uh, also, I uh, love you, Corbin Blue. He has not aged well. Not as good as Zephron. Anyway. So <laughs> what you end up finding out is that the Corbin Blue has been trapped in this world by the husband of a woman he was cheating with in virtual Vegas. And I like how the woman acted so surprised. Well, there's no way my husband would be mad because I cheated in a virtual world. There's just no way. <laughs> I was like, again... People, why are we acting like this would not happen? <laughs> like, there's just no way my husband would ever be mad. Um, and Alex is basically the whole time trying to figure out how to get her new weapon to work. And John is basically trying to get her to understand that it's not working because she's not truly connecting to it. <laughs> And I guess part of the reason that Alex is not connecting is because she doesn't really feel adequate now that she doesn't have her job anymore, which we kind of saw last week. But last week was more specifically tied to the fact that without her gun, she didn't feel comfortable. Now she has a weapon, but because she can't control it, it's connected to the fact that she doesn't have it together basically anymore. What do you think about this? Girl, keep going. I, I got nothing for that. <laughs> that is not that is not a that this is not what the people <laughs> go for. Okay, say something about Alex. Alex her <sighs> I feel like it's a bit of a regression. And I get it. Major life changes lead to that. It's still annoying as shit. <laughs> she she has gone a little police brutality, Patty. It's just, I don't get, like, I get the insecurity around not being what you used to be, but you. 
You're a fucking doctor. Come on. Yeah. Like we've talked about she has other skills. And then also this was you chose deliberately. Like I want to do this because I cannot work under Lex and I need to like figure out what he's doing. So I don't know. It's just like what? Stop fucking whining. Suck it up. Like she's, you know what it is? Is she's acting like she's purposeless and she's not. She right. has a purpose. She knows what she wants to be doing. So d- do it. Like start figuring out how you can investigate Lex. Like d- get your stuff together. Stop a lot of goddamn whining. Yeah. And she's so. <laughs> I mean, that part. <laughs> she's so stuck on this. A, you know, weapon thing. Like, I have to have a weapon. And, and because me and the weapon aren't working together, something's not right. And I'm like, ah. look, look, you're not a fucking Marine. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> this is my rifle. No, it's not, actually. <laughs> and again, has so many other skills. And is clearly doing good work despite not working at the DEO. So, girl, I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Um... <laughs> John being absolutely adorable. But I have noticed, is David Harrow doing something else? You said he was on an episode or something. Maybe he was off like... I'm not. He just directed that one episode. I right. Maybe he's off doing a bunch of directing guest spots, you know, preparing for that transition into what he actually will be doing. Maybe he doesn't want to always be in front of the camera. Well, I miss him. <laughs> like... I, I mean, you know, I love him being the elder statesman, you know, father, blah, blah, blah. But I want more. I love me some David Harewood. Oh, but I was watching um, They Gotta Have Us on Netflix. And he was interviewed. What is that? It's a documentary series um, talking about black actors. Um, and like kind of looking at it through the lens of you know, right now we seem to really be having a moment where black cinema is like kind of taking off and there's lots of different things and kind of like what is the, what has been the trajectory of like to get us here and also like why has it taken so long? And so they're they're interviewing folks like um, Cassie Lemons, Harry Belafonte. Um, they talk a lot about like Spike Lee movies, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, um, John Boyega, so it's a, and I think the guy who is doing he's black and British, the documentarian. Okay. Um, so there are a lot of black British actors that he interviews, um, which I was like, I just find hilarious because you know the whole like diaspora wars and all that. Um, <laughs> but they talk about so much. Like, Samuel must have had an aneurysm seeing that. No I'm kidding. <laughs> There's some, yeah, there's some woke folks on Twitter. I'm surprised I actually haven't heard more dissent around it, but um, it's distributed by Array, which is Ava DuVernay's company. And yeah, it's really good. I've only watched the first two episodes. I think it's four episodes altogether. Um, I didn't realize that David Harewood was in Blood Diamond. Oh, he was? Yeah, so he talks about how in that, role like he he plays the leader of the um the army that takes the child soldiers mm-hmm. and he was saying that he didn't really have a lot of lines and when he started looking at the script and researching and all this other stuff he was like no this character needs to do more and so in one of his scenes he just started saying stuff like based on what he had like read about these groups 
Um, and the director was like, like, where that's not in the script. Like, where did you come up with that? And he was like, uh, told him like where he was coming from. And he said, like, oh, okay, keep doing that. And then they just started putting him in more scenes and giving him more lines. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Look at that, look at that black excellence. All right, baby. Do you think? Yeah, it was really interesting. They talked about that with, you know, kind of the stuff that's like improvised and stuff like that. Uh, I think when it came out, a lot of people were focused on the Spike Lee stuff, the stuff about Mm -hmm. school days and how he separated the light-skinned folks and the dark-skinned folks. Oh, yeah. I'm like... And what killed me about that whole conversation, I'm like, were y'all not paying attention to the movie? (laughs) Come on. Y'all came as a class? I feel like you weren't really watching the movie. That was the point. But my thing is, I guess, like, it wasn't that he separated them. It was that he put them in, like, he put the light-skinned actors in a better hotel than the dark-skinned actors to, like, cause tension between the two of them, the two Mm -hmm. groups. And so, like, there's a fight scene in the movie that's a real fight that broke out. (laughs) And so my thing is, I just, like, I get it. But I don't like think directors, people do though. I don't think directors should do that. I think you need no, to- I'm not saying that they should, but it sounds like some shit he would do. Oh, yeah, no, totally. And I think it's stuff that like especially male directors do, and people are like, oh, that's so genius. And I think I feel like we've gotten to a place where we're like, or you can trust your actors to act and not put them in uncomfortable situations to see how they react to it. Like Because that's how you have a lot of these stories from old Hollywood where it's like, so-and-so didn't even know that they were about to rape her in that scene. What? (laughs) Don't do that to your actors. Like, there's stories like that in Hollywood of like, oh, that, that. Oh, my God, that infamous Marlon Brando one with the butter and the Uh, 19-year-old actress. There's one that I just read about. It's the actress from The Shining. Shelly yeah, uh, Stanley Kubrick directed this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Put her through so much stuff that they said, like, she still really has never recovered from it. Yeah, I heard about that, which is why her acting looks the way it does. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, 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 like, you think she's acting quirky? Like, no, that that's natural, like, trauma response she's dealing with right now. Yeah, and to me, you're not a genius director if you do that. Like, a genius director knows how to pull those emotions out of an actor without torturing them to do that. (laughs) Right. But I feel like just historically we've been like, oh, that's genius. (laughs) I'm going to say something a little controversial here. I've never been a big fan of his movies. (laughs) Same. Everybody's like, oh, he's a genius. I'm like, is he? Uh, Okay, I guess. There's a lot of films that people... Like are like oh it's genius classic and I'm like or do you mean white just... because that's all I'm seeing here <laughs> I ding 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 <laughs> ding 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 right there I'm like, <laughs> is it genius or is it white and predominantly male age old question of Hollywood <laughs> and scene <laughs> all right. Back to Supergirl. So, moving on from Alex. Because uh, <laughs> she's just... I get it, and I think... Look, if they can land the plane, I'll be okay with it. 
right now, the, the, the plane is shaky. We're experiencing turbulence. But if they can land it, fine. Uh, what I thought was interesting is whatever is going on with Obsidian and Leviathan. What are they doing with these people? Because Yes. It, you know what? It, oh, you probably do not know this show at all. There is a show. It is called War of the Worlds. Um, oh, not the I, movie. It's on epics, right? No, not the new one. This is an old version. This is like 80s version because I watched this when I was in middle school. Okay. Um, it had two seasons. You wouldn't know any of the actors, sadly. Um, but it was good. But there was one point where they were putting them in pods like that. And I was like, what in the world, in the world's <laughs> 80s show shit is going on here? And like you, are we going to get to it? Can, um, can I get to it? No, not yet. Ah, not, not if okay. you're thinking about the thing that I'm thinking of, but okay. Yeah, because we're always of one mind, my dear. <laughs> but um, so what I was more interested in was the beginning scene to the end mm-hmm. scene. Um, I'm wondering, so what's her name? Alex's, or no, Kelly's whole thing was someone ex- exploited the glitch, right? And the glitch was supposedly fixed. Now, I'm wondering if this guy, Richard, used the glitch because he knew it existed um, or if he purposefully never fixed it. Or if the old lady purposefully never fixed it because she's trying to get people trapped in this like comatose state. Yeah. Like that that's what I'm trying to figure out. Also, I don't know if they're shifting the focus, but like when we first met the Leviathan people, they were kind of like po- putting it out there like they were like these kind of gods almost. And each one of them represented a different thing because the first dude was like earth and could like manipulate earth and cause like earthquakes and stuff like that. And then the mm-hmm. other lady was supposed to be like technology and and that's why she got into bed with Obsidian. But we never found out what the old lady does and if she has any sort of like powers or what her thing is. So I'm still trying to figure out like what all is Leviathan. And I know they're trying to, draw it out it's kind of in the background but I guess I'm just at the point where I'm like y'all need to start dropping more clues faster because I don't I don't understand exactly what Leviathan is <laughs> or what it's trying to accomplish so that was I was just theorizing before we get to the the end anything the glorious part <laughs> okay fine you have no theories about Le- Leviathan I'm, I can't keep up with them. I don't know who's. I, I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna guess the chess moves. I'm just gonna wait to see that one unfold. Okay. Um. So at the very end of the episode, with a pumpkin spice latte version of Everybody Hurts playing in the background, we find out that Daddy Danvers is dead. <laughs> I love it. And they really just dropped that in there in the last like 30 seconds of the episode. Like, oh, by the way, 
They found not father from three seasons ago dead. And the only reason they found him dead is because Dean Kane couldn't keep his fucking mouth shut. They might as well have put a banner in the background that said, Dean Kane is never coming back to this show. <laughs> and they did it on the episode where they're like, we and we talked about trans rights. Yep. Just to fuck with him. <laughs> And I was here for every beautiful second of it. Fuck that dude. I was like, my actual note is, oh shit, they killed Dean Kane off screen. <laughs> I didn't even write it down. I'm like, oh good. Uh, Next. Yeah, I just, uh, I, <laughs> mm, you know, shame what they did to that dog. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you should have expected it. <laughs> At this point, um, I feel like though because I feel like they're they're gonna do either one of two things, either they are going to have that be the moment and have that be it, or if they're smart, which I think they are, they're gonna somehow tie his death into stuff that's going on, but not actually ever show him again. <laughs> Which I think is like double disrespect. Like we're going to talk about your character, but never bring you back. Yeah. Not even for a flashback. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, no more Dean Cain, which is sad. He could have just sat there and looked pretty. But he had to open his mouth. So. (sighs) Peace. Freedom of speech is not the freedom to get paid. It's not freedom from consequence. People yeah. people learn today. I know that much. Yeah. Like, because it wasn't, I think it was last week or maybe it was the week before that article dropped about Antonio Sabato Jr. Yeah. Oh, troll ass bastard. Fuck him. T- trying to talk about some. It's because I said that I was a Trump supporter that Hollywood got rid of me. My favorite part of that article was when he was like, I had to pay all my debts. <laughs> I was like, sir, that's oh, how wow. debt works. <laughs> Welcome to America where the rest of us have to pay our fucking debts too, you asshole. Yeah. And the only reason people, like, people were extending you that credit <laughs> because they didn't know you were an asshole. And what happened was people found out you were an asshole and all those debts had to be paid. Mhm. I don't know what to tell you. So, you know, good luck, Dean. Not really. Nah, I'm not even gonna go there. Yeah. Fuck and you. <laughs> All right, feedback. <laughs> All right, thank you guys for getting in your feedback. I I mean I don't know about don't you. Don't forget the stuff from last week too. Yeah, I'm like I don't know about y'all. I really don't have much else to do other. <laughs> well, I'm a liar. I working from home is actually it is a lot of work, and with the shelter in place and all this other stuff. So it's it's not like I have absolutely nothing to do, but I definitely at least can have television going on in the background. So I'm getting through it. Girl, I was on so many conference calls and getting so many things done. I didn't even have a chance to turn on TV. <laughs> Today, I think I had. I, well, yeah, I had something on in the background and then I had to rewatch it later because I actually wasn't paying attention to it at all. Um, I'm trying to pull up last week's 
post. And I was so annoyed with y'all because we had literally, we were like, is there any feedback? There's no feedback. And right when we clicked, we were like, okay, we're done. I swear, Mm. like five minutes after that, I went and people were leaving comments and I wanted to hurt everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Really, guys? Really? Is that what we're doing today? Um... I probably could have just looked. I probably could have just searched. I did this the hard way. <laughs> I blame myself. I'm going to cut all this out. Oh, here we go. <laughs> okay. From last week's episode, The Bodyguard, uh, LaToya asks, will the kiss happen or nah? Is she talking about William and Supergirl? Yeah. You know what? We didn't talk about them, but they went on their date this week. It was just, it was, it was. It was. (laughs) You know, uh, It feels very buddy to me. I like them as friends. It is very much a friend relationship. Yeah. And I love that. What I will say I do love is that he he knows her and, like, appreciates her ridiculousness that she runs off out of nowhere and all that kind of stuff. And he's just kind of used to it and really doesn't push about it. So I appreciate that. But, again, it just feels friendly. It doesn't feel... I don't know. It's not doing anything for me romantically. I'm not getting any tingles. Not me either. And I thought I would, but yeah, he... Maybe he has charisma with someone, but not with her. Yeah. I really liked, uh, though, when she was trying to figure out what to wear, she was like, the pink or the blue, pink or the blue, and like, Alex was like, of course the blue. And then I specifically was watching for what she wore on the date, and I was like, she didn't wear... Alex said one thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, there is one other thing I want to talk about. Backing up. <laughs> Fucking Kelly. Uh, her naivete? <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to get on my goddamn nerves with it at this point. Hey, <laughs> look, it's not that... It's not that... I get the whole thing of, you know, having a very noble, idealistic view of what she's working on and what she's doing. I just don't buy it because this is the same Kelly that was a therapist and a psychologist. Like, you you know the human <laughs> psyche. So, like, being, like, very surprised that, you know, people are doing dark, dark things on your in your virtual world, just it doesn't play for me. Yeah. So that's that's it. That's just where I'm at. Like, girl, you black, you know better. (laughs) You live in this world. Um, (laughs) Amani's comment from last week: As long as Shanna held on for that chemistryless Kara Jimmy ship, she better get into these two (laughs) cornballs. I don't have to. I don't actually know. yeah I had <laughs> hopes because it seemed like they had chemistry but then they went on a date and I'm like mm, this feels like moonlighting all over again 
<laughs> when Maddie, when Addie, when I forget the woman's name, when Sybil Shepherd and <laughs> Bruce Willis got together and it was like, womp, womp. Of all of the references to pull. <laughs> that's the classic one. I'm surprised that's not even a the name of a trope. It should be the name of a trope. <laughs> okay. Um, and Amani goes on. And which smart person is playing themselves more by still inexplicably having faith in Lex, Lena or Brainy? How are you still shocked when he does something evil this far into the game? Right. That's very true. All right. It's a delight as always. Thanks for another great week. You're welcome. All right. And then this week's feedback, starting with Amani. <laughs> uh, damn, that was a heavy one, but I love this show. I love that this show gives the space for episodes like this. I wish Kara didn't have to white woman her way into always being right and talking about how she understands, how talking about she understands when she could never, but I get it. My heart yeah. broke for Yvette and Nia. And if they want to drop the director's cut where she goes John Wick on that bigot and his whole network, just let me know, CW. Yeah. I would love it. I would absolutely love it. That would, yeah, that would have been dope to see, like, Nia actually go, not, like, kill everybody, but, you know, like, see her actually track down all those people. That would have been dope. Uh, Joseph says, don't have much to say on this because this episode was incredibly heavy. Nicole Mayans did an incredible job leading the charge. I don't have much to say about the B-plot except for the fact that it looks like it's going to be the focus of next week's episode. Finally, Dean Kane is so repulsive they killed his character off. Oh well. <laughs> uh Corey writes, Corey hasn't written in a while. Thanks for writing some feedback. Corey, can't believe this episode went where it did. I think what I liked the most was the acknowledgement that hope doesn't fix everything, especially unfairness and injustice. <laughs> like Kara couldn't power of love the whole situation Nia was still heartbroken and angry all she could really do was be there for her friend and that's real I never expect a Supergirl super to get so realistic since it's usually the brightest of the DC shows I was so shocked you know what like since last season I'm telling you they hit a place where they found that perfect medium it's, it's still bright overall and it's still you know again Kara will be able to give a power of love speech and everything might not be perfect but it'll work um yeah and at the same time it's very realistic um so I love that also I'm loving all of the stuff that they're doing with the LGBT community in general because I'm also watching Batwoman and that's heavily become part of the storyline like they had a whole thing where Sophie the girl who uh, Kate broke up with or who broke up with Kate when they were in the army uh, mm -hmm. she just came out to her mother you know and she's a black woman so they talked about like her being gay but also her being black and her mom basically being like <laughs> her, her mom literally said to her you don't have enough things against you in this world <laughs> you be gay. That sounds like a black mama. Yeah, I was like, like her black mama was on some like true black mama stuff. Like she had like the 
the wig parted in the middle with a little bit of a wave into a low bun. <laughs> like, okay, like, who, they, who, who they get to write for? Because you know it had to be one of us. <laughs> I have no idea who's on that writer's team. I need to look more into it. Uh, but yeah, they're, and they did a whole thing too where uh, episode where Batwoman came out because the, the media kept trying to pair her with this like police officer, this male police officer, like, ooh, Batwoman. And it's like, cute cop or whatever and she was like I don't even like dudes <laughs> so she like came out and that was like a whole storyline where um, uh, I think like the mayor's son or something like that was kidnapped and the mayor didn't want Batwoman to help Yeah, and she's gay I was like your child is kidnapped and you're like I don't want that gay person to save her <laughs> like what kind of ridiculousness? So I, I do like that the shows as whatever that they are, you know, out there. Even, you know, same thing with Legends. Legends has been doing it for seasons. No matter how like out there they are, that they are really good at grounding it in real issues and addressing real things. Um, okay. Sorry, Corey goes on. Also, Yvette calling Brainy <laughs> that weird little man made me laugh out loud. He deserved that and worse. <laughs> I did love that whole opening scene <laughs> with Yvette and Neo. She was like, oh, no, no, no. You're not sitting on this couch no more. We are not doing this. <laughs> um, Corey finishes. Peace and thanks so much for the pod. I don't usually comment because I'm afraid I'll say something dumb, but I want you guys to know I appreciate y'all so much. And you guys are hilarious. I never miss an episode, though. I wish y'all did Batwoman, too. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I try and throw the Batwoman gems out there for the people that I know are watching. Palm, I know you're one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one. <laughs> uh, but you are not going to want... You look... I swear if you didn't already just love the character of Supergirl, we wouldn't be doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so anything else you want to give anybody your like coronavirus quarantine tips or anything? <laughs> Guys, just don't panic. I mean, panic is just nowhere. It solves nothing. Just do what you can. Be safe. Hope for the best. You know, we love you. We'll be with you on Supergirl at least through the 29th because they've suspended production for obvious reasons. But um, we've got, I looked it up and there are episodes coming out all the way out to the 29th. So you've got us for a few more weeks and we'll be figuring out some other content to bring you in the meantime, because depending on how long, depending on what happens next, like if people continue to act a goddamn fool which they probably will we might up with martial law and fucking quarantines in which case you'll need content i was actually playing around with the idea of doing my bo some boredom files like maybe some live youtube streams yeah. Um, just to have something to do and to entertain myself as well. So if we do that, we will definitely let you know. But you won't be without us. We'll figure out something. Yeah. And stay safe and sane. You know, wash your hands. I know our audience washes our hands, but you interact with a lot of nasty motherfuckers that apparently didn't before now. So just saying. <laughs> I'm going to get a little Cara power of love and just say I think the main thing for everybody to do is 
to be in community. So mm-hmm. however you can be in community, if it's, you know, a FaceTime call every other day with your best friend, um, if it's, you know, going out and bringing food to people who can't get it themselves or bringing supplies to people who can't get it themselves. I think, honestly, that's the only way that all of us are going to get through this. And Mm -hmm. it's a little scary that for some people, their first instinct is to hoard and take and defend what they have. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I think for... I think in general, the first thing you think to do doesn't have to be the thing that you actually do. And the thing that you actually do shows who you are. So while our first instinct might be, you know, protect ourselves, you know, if we just make sure our actions are being in community, that's going to be the most important thing. So there you go, guys. Power of love will bring us through this. <laughs> um, and we do love y'all. Uh, we will be here every week um, and maybe even before that. So thank you for listening and we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>